welcome to Sweet Spot, where hoteliers check in and we check out what's trending in hotel marketing. I'm your host, Ryan Embry. All right, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Sweet Spot. This is your host, Ryan Embry. Thank you so much for joining us, for listening to us, to watching us wherever you are finding us here. We are here at the Content Creation Studio for another episode of TMG Hospitality Trailblazers. I am so excited to bring in my next guest, certainly a trailblazer and what Oliver and his group are doing right now. Certainly fantastic. We're going to get a lot to it. So let me go ahead and bring him in. Oliver Winter, founder and CEO of ANO. Oliver, thank you so much for jumping on the sweet spot with me. Yeah, thanks, Ryan, for having me here. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And we're going to have some fun today. We're going to talk about ANO, all the initiatives that you guys are doing and this incredible growth that you're seeing. I think you bring a really unique perspective. But for those that have not listened to this series before, this is our TMG Hospitality Trailblazers, where we spotlight those individuals and management companies, uh, groups like ANO that are really trailblazing the path forward. So we have the pleasure of speaking with Oliver today. But Oliver, before we get into everything that we're doing right now, or even what's in the future, I want to start with the past because this is one of my favorite questions we've been doing this series, which is almost a year old now, is tell us a little bit about your hospitality background, because we have such unique stories in our industry that I feel like rarely get told, right? Uh, we all talk about the, the exciting things that are happening right now and maybe in the future. But a lot of us in hospitality, you had some very unique backgrounds before we got to the place that we were. So tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to ultimately founding A&O. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, happy to do this. Uh, so, yeah, as a, as a young man uh, between school and university, I, I had time to travel around the world and um, came in touch with this hostel concept in many different countries. And what I saw, I liked really much. So affordable stay uh, yeah, with a warm shower, safe bed, uh, kitchen to share, place to hang around and, and uh, a place even very easy to come in touch with other travelers. So back to Berlin then in these days, I started to study to become a teacher. So far away from hospitality background. Parallel, during my studies, I investigated the Berlin hostel market. And there have been, at this time, just non-commercial providers eh, like YMCA, YHA, etc. So no private independent hostel. So and with, with a lot of patience and, and little luck, of course, as well. So 23 years ago, then I founded um, ANO in Berlin, opened a 164 beds hostel. That was the very beginning. 164 beds and it was uh, it was from the first moment it was great success and um, so then I stopped my studies and and focused to grow this company and and adding more beds first in Berlin later then in other cities in Germany and then in other European countries so today we're running 28,000 uh, beds in nine European countries that's absolutely incredible. And your story resonates with a lot of the trailblazers that I've had on this series where, you know, they're in school or college, university, and all of a sudden they find this passion in hospitality and, and customer service and hosting people. And that certainly resonates with your story and, and that incredible growth, which we're going to talk about here, but love to hear that background. I'm going to stay kind of in the past before we look more towards the future, because up to this point, you know, one of my favorite questions on this series has been about the 
lessons learned over the past couple of years, right? I think it's important to talk about what happened, even though sometimes we shy away from it because it is something so unique that hasn't happened in our lifetime very often. And the lessons that we learn from it really shift our entire industry. So up to this point, we've really had kind of a domestic US view of you know those lessons learned from the pandemic. I think you have a really unique perspective that you can share from a global view in A&O. You know, so what were maybe some of those lessons and have those lessons kind of shaped your vision for A&O in the future? So, yeah, I, I can uh, let you know from, from European perspective, yeah, with the European glasses. So um, we see as well as if the world has changed um, and what we see that uh, we travel much more consciously and um, for shorter distances, more domestic than before the pandemic and um, yeah, on a more sustainable way than a few years. I think at, at least in Europe that this trend will continue. Yeah, this behavior also shapes our mission. We, yeah, we will continue to offer environmental friendly travel in the future by becoming net zero um, as early as 2025. Maybe we speak later about this a little bit and and on the other hand, um, of course, we, we're working every day on our cost leadership, yeah, because that's really important. Uh, that's key for our product to continue to offer the best value for money as, as a price leader. And um, yeah, since inflation kicked in, I think all over the globe, yeah, um, into everybody's pocket. What we see, what we are observing, is that, that people are becoming much, much more price sensitive again in these days. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we heard these terms right in 2021, revenge travel, you know, everyone cooped up trying to have experiences, but we might be getting to that point now where, you know, travelers have had that really big trip or they've maybe done a couple of these small domestic trips, like you've said that, and kind of stacked one on top of the other. So they almost feel now like, okay, I've, I've had these experiences and now they're just being a little bit more cost conscious of their trips. Now it's all not like the yo low, you know, it's, it's more like, let me go ahead and figure out what's the best value. They're looking at things like a sustainability initiatives, I think, and determining their trips based off of those practices, which we're going to certainly get into a lot because you guys are a leader in that, but they're being a lot more cost conscious and value driven as far as saying, this is where I want to spend my money. This is what type of experience I want to have. So let's fast forward to today because this is where travelers are, are at right now. Kids are back in school. We're, we're in the midst of the fall going into what historically has been a slower season for our industry. Winter, how does your marketing and messaging change for your uh, group of hostels and trying to attract demand and capture travels? Um, sure. So, so yeah, after really fantastic high season, yeah, we, we had, um, you're right, we are now turning into yeah, more challenging off season. Same for A&O here that from, let's say, November to February, that's, that's our off season. In, in winter, of course, city hotels fight harder for their guests. Um, that's why we have currently launched a low price campaign. So from November to February, we offer our dorm beds for 14 euros flat. So really, really affordable. Um, we're playing this campaign multi-channel. We, what, we, what we do as well is we're also working on promotions around all these Christmas and these famous Christmas markets we have in, in many destinations we are in, yeah, especially in Austria and, and Germany. What is uh, um, really liked from our international guests to visit all these Christmas markets. And in the group segment, we are um, during winter period traditionally, we are very successful with the 
443 uh, special. So it means you, you, you book four nights and you just pay for three. Really never before we, uh, we have had so many groups with us in the low season. So, um, and for example, for next January, February, so January, Feb 24, we are already 30% in plus by group bookings versus same time last year with revenues on the book. So that's what we see. That's, that seems like even was a very nice trend and, and quite remarkable that groups travel more in off season now. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, maybe they're able to look for that deal. I feel like, you know, one of the things what we talked about revenge travel, we always talk about it from the leisure segment of individuals or, you know, families and leisure and saying like, I didn't get that family vacation that I wanted or that getaway vacation that I wanted. But I think there's an element of revenge travel when it comes to groups as well. And you're seeing that, you know, with businesses and, and groups that have said, you know, I've done my individual traveling. I want to travel with like-minded people in, in a group, in a, in a business setting and, and go somewhere unique. So I think there's that element of revenge travel as well. I think that speaks to those bookings that you're seeing and, and fantastic to see. Let's focus on that solo traveler though, because I am seeing kind of the rise in, tre in trends of the solo traveler, different publications, uh, LinkedIn articles that I'm seeing. 2024 really is kind of dubbing it as the return of the solo traveler. Kind of talk about how at ANO, you know, you cater to this segment and how you guys are really good fit there. Yeah, right. So that's that's absolutely correct. So we, we see this this big trend as well. Yeah. So we see this and, and of course we are happy about this because we think for solo travelers uh, that this hostel idea is, is, is so to say, ma made for them. Yeah, because what means hostel that's easy to meet. And so especially for single backpackers, they can easy meet in the hostel kitchen, in the lobby bar, uh, at our co-working tables um, um, and it's it's easy to be, become in touch come in touch with with others exchange ideas etc so that's how new travel friendships are formed yeah and in numbers so 12 percent of our bookings or um, this year 750,000 overnights are done by uh, solo travelers at ano to support this um, this trend this year we have improved our female dorms this is a product for single woman travelers and we improved this, this rooms, for example, with, with better hair dryers, uh, more light, bigger mirrors. And um, of course, the, this issue of safety is very important for single travelers, as we know. And yeah, and we, we ensure a, a safe environment. That's really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly at the forefront of the last couple of years, when we're talking about health conscious, but also just you know, safe travels in general. I mean, that's the first thing uh, that you certainly want to feel when you're traveling is being in a safe environment there. So seeing that you're catering to that, absolutely critical. And, and it's great to hear that you are putting that at the forefront. But it's not just for solo travels, uh, though. We talked about already the group business. I think my solo, with two kids now, I think my solo travel days might be behind me. You guys do a great job on the ANO website of catering to, you know, things like groups. You've talked about, um, I've seen college on there, families, you know, talk to ab about this segment as well, because I think sometimes when people think hostels, they think solo travelers, but you can have a group also travel and, uh, you know, have a, have a really great experience there as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Um, and I think this, this complements each other very well and, uh, because price and safety is also important for groups and families. So in, in marketing, um, we use, uh, different channels for groups, um, 
So uh, in, in this group segment, still a lot happened via uh, traditional tour operators uh, because group travel is a bit more complex. Um, yeah, as uh, quite often it involves transfers, uh, catering of, of, of entrance uh, tickets for 20 to 40 people, etc. But here also half of our groups already booked direct um, with A&O. Direct here means via phone or live on the web. And um, yeah, to come to the families um, here, I think price is a special focus at A&O. Um, this is where we score with the, with the A&O family room. Every A&O, about half of the rooms are in this category. The, the, there's always a twin bed in and at least one bunk bed, yeah, one or two or, or three bunk beds. So, And children and families love this yeah, because they just have to book and to pay for one room and they have the kids under control. Yeah, You have the, your own kids in, in the same room like, like the parents or the grandparents are. And um, by, by the way, of course, in, in, in these days today, every, every A&O room always has, has their own shower and toilet in the room. That type of experience certainly caters to a family. I want to get back to the point of uh, booking directly. I think that's really unique because you think with groups, with how many logistics are involved in a trip that size, for them to be booking direct means that you're really, really creating a type of seamless experience for the group, making them feel like all those logistics and things are taken care of. So that's fantastic that you're able to do that. And you're seeing that because that, that is any hostel or hotel operator's dream is to get those direct bookings rather than coming through third parties. Now, as you know, Oliver, this series is called TMG Hospitality Trailblazers, and AO certainly has been trailblazing a path when it comes to sustainability and green initiatives. Can you share a little bit more about the mission that you spoke to earlier and the goal you're trying to hit? Very happy to do this because it's, it's really one of our most ambitious tasks. Yeah, we are on it. Yeah, maybe let me start with, with uh, looking short back. So at AO, we started quite early to, to understand or recognize um, that, that our uh, footprint per overnight is, is much lower than in a traditional hotel. If you think about it for a moment, it, it's quite obvious, yeah, because our guests need much less space per bed. We don't have any any amenities like sauna or pool or minibar or even aircon. When we started to track and to understand our footprint, that was first time in 2015, we had already a little 10 kilograms, so 9.8 kilogram carbon emission per guest uh, per guest night. And uh, to compare this with uh, economy scale uh, hotel overnight, it's 25 kilogram. Yeah, to give you a benchmark. So a little little 10 a day, no. And then thanks to our employees, um, we, we collected from the employees a 200 points action list to minimize our carbon footprint. And about 100 points, so half of this are done. So this has brought the, the footprint down to 3.8 kilogram today, from 9.8 to 3.8, so less than the half. And then during pandemic, we had, a, yeah, I would say, a, a wow moment. So remember... Uh, yeah, in the early beginning of this pandemic, when we all been asked to stay home, yeah, stay home to flatten the curve. And what happened? We stayed home. Yeah, and the the entire world, so all all the societies. And when you traveled during this time, I remember, yeah, that you did it hidden and silent. This one moment for me was that in in a few weeks' time, a society developed something I, I would call travel shame. I just thought, imagine, yeah, this will happen again to to climate concerns. So maybe then not in weeks, but maybe over years. Yeah. So so we need an answer, yeah, to avoid this travel shame and affordable, sustainable accommodation of. And for us it was then clear 
not by 2040 or 2030 and we need it now yeah and then then we, we discussed this internally and decided really all hands on deck let's get it done until 2025 so we um what we're doing now is we will melt down our footprint below three kilogram per overnight un until 2025 and then from 2025 ongoing the rest will be off we, we will offset with gold standard certified climate projects that's an incredible feat. I love the background of that story as well. You make a fascinating point about that. We're actually seeing more and more of that in the whole industry of travel. I mean, even when you're booking a plane flight, it will show you your emissions and it'll show you your green costs. And corporate companies now are looking into that when they're looking into the, they're actually having a, a, a green budget and a sustainability budget for the years to come. Uh, so that's a fascinating point that you make. And with this podcast, we've had entire episodes, Oliver, talking about how to market these green initiatives. Because a lot of the operators, hotel, hotel management companies, uh, property operators that we talk to, they've either had to implement green initiatives or they're starting to do it. And they might think of it now as this is something I have to do, but it should be embraced like what A&O is doing and being like, this is something I should do, going to benefit the traveler as well as myself. So how do you make sure that you market these green sustainable initiatives to your travelers. I think we communicate this topic quite clearly and, and transparently as, of course, we are even proud of pioneering here. Yeah, And we, um, as I explained, we want to be net zero in, in less than two years from now. Yeah, And we have a clear road to zero strategy to, to achieve this. So, and, and this strategy, for example, is explained on, on the web and even physically in the hotels. We have, we have a lot of explanations at the walls, uh, with, with wallpapers, et cetera, and, and signs um, to, to show how, how we, uh, try to achieve it. We have this fantastic footprint value of, of this 3.8 kilogram per overnight today. Yeah, this is absolutely top value. And for example, we, we show this on each offer, yeah, on each invoice, on, on uh, each offer we're sending out, we show the guest uh, footprint uh, at ANO. And um, since four months, um, we, we have also been, st or we started, yeah, we've been offering our guests the option of um, volunteer compensation to offset the entire overnight stay and fund into a great uh, climate projects yeah when booking on our on our website and what we also started so since since this year we're publishing a uh, sustainable report so first one was published summer this year and here you you really can find in in, in very deep details uh, what we did what what is pending, what is next on our list to achieve these goals by acting better. And, and, and this covers all three columns then of ESU, so environmental, social, and governance. That is so cool to hear, Oliver. I, I would love to uh, get a hotel invoice and actually see this is the sustainability impact that I've made during this day. I think that's something that a lot of travelers value. I think that's something that they would almost gamify and try to be like, I'm going to try to get this number as low as I can. And and it makes you feel good. It makes the operators, it probably makes your culture and your employees feel good that they're a part of something bigger than just running a property or a hostel. I think it's just absolutely fantastic what you guys are doing over there. And it's certainly paid dividends. You know, I follow AO on LinkedIn and seen on other digital channels. You guys are having a record breaking year in 2023. Congratulations to you and your team on that with such remarkable growth. You know, and this is always what interests me about these companies that are doing 
seeing it right clearly because they're seeing a lot of growth. How do you stay true to why travelers love a but still prioritize growth and scalability at a corporate level? A good question. So, of course, very thankful and, and happy about this strong bounce back yeah, after pandemic. And even this year, I, I think as a budget provider and cost leader, we take benefit uh, from our strategy first grow occupancy and, and then second grow the rate. And if demand struggles, like for example, early this in beginning of this year, John Feb, I remember, or, or August this year was even not so pushy like uh, because this pent up demand from last year was, was over. Yeah? And if, so if, if we have moments where we see demand struggles, we can and what we even what we do is lower the price. And this this always pays off. In 2022, we hit the 2019 revenue. Don't forget in 22, we had still 90 days less in, in, in full operation because it was still some the first months with, with some operational bands. 23, we are growing now again 7% versus 22. And, and um, regarding your, your question about brand consistency, so 2018, 2019, just before the pandemic then kicked in, we um, started and finished to refurb and rebranded AO. In total, we invested in this two years 40 million yeah, in, into a total new and consistent uh, look and feel and into the brand. The good side of this pandemic, if there's a good side, so this two years we, we used to adjust and, and really simplify our, our staff training. So, for example, what we did, we created more than 40 trainings videos, a yeah? lot, lot of tutorials etc and and what we're doing since pandemic is over uh, compared to before it's much more frequently trainings yeah and i would say these, these frequently trainings with the staff ongoing maintenance and a really good communication in house uh, that's that's key for us yeah that certainly goes back to those lessons learned that we talked about at the top of the episode about saying the common thread that i'm seeing between a lot of these companies that really rebounded very quickly after the pandemic was these were the companies that were not sitting on their hands during that time. They were actively doing something, you know. There are some hotel companies that we spoke to, they were on the purchase. They were going and, and trying to you know, acquire as much as they could. I think a great use of your time, instead of the capital investment, time investment into your, your training so that you kind of saw the other side of this, knew what was on the other side and said, how can I be the most prepared for when this is over? Because I know there's going to be an end to this. How can I be most prepared? And I think it's, it was those companies that really were able to rebound and certainly A&O has been able to to do that and, and seen that and the results that they saw for this year and hopefully as we go into 2024. But I want to talk about the culture because that, that's the other side of it is, you know, the companies that didn't sit on their hands that were really active during the pandemic, but also companies with really strong cultures. And we're going through a industry staffing shortage right now, where we are trying to figure out how can we get more people into our business. And there might be a ton of Olivers and Ryans that, that are in college that didn't even know hospitality existed. And we've got to kind of shake them and be like, we've got this great career for you over here. And a lot of that hinges on culture and, and actually wanting people. I would imagine that people would love to work for a sustainable company that's making an impact like A&O when it comes to green initiatives. But tell us a little bit about A&O's culture and how you guys are leveraging that you know, during this time where it is tougher right now to find hospitality workers. That's true. It is much, much, much more tough. And about the... Ano culture, that's that's maybe yeah, it's not so easy to answer in one sentence, of course, because there's not the one and only thing, yeah. But I guess yeah, I, I would say it's it's a mix of, of respect, yeah, low hierarchies, um attitude before skills, um, 
And um, I would say maybe most important for AO it's uh, no vanities. So this was uh, even to give you an example during during pandemic when we did a lot of other tasks, everyone did what had to be done during that time. Yeah, no matter if this role was defined in the employment contract. Yeah, and so I would say each for each really. Yeah, and and uh, even what what AO is standing for as a company. So we we really love to act quick and resolute yeah we love quick fast decisions we allow errors that's i think that's even very important um to do this yeah we are solution orientated so not problem orientated and sometimes to be quite frank we prefer quick and dirty instead of nice and never yeah yeah definitely and you know you're right we had a lot of on this series alone you know we had a lot of corporate people that were saying hey during the pandemic i had to get down and dirty i I was cleaning rooms you know gms were cleaning rooms and everybody was kind of all hands on deck the employees that kind of stuck through that and the companies that had that vision that we talked about to say that when this is over they feel more connected during that time i i know i certainly do with our organization here having to experience that because we talked about it once in a lifetime moment for us that we felt connections to a lot of people during that time that we're all feeling that same exact thing. So strong cultures and active vision for the future, certainly a strong asset for AL. As we come to 2023, look into 2024 now, what's your vision? We've got that goal set for 2025, but what's that vision for the future for AL? For 2024 now, so the most focus will be really to affordable travel price, yeah, because yeah, Europe's travel budgets are, are all strained by, by this recession we have here and, and this really high energy costs and costs of living in general what raised up yeah so we really want to counter this with with low prices so we i, I think that's that's most important strategy for 2024 and we also want to continue our growth in europe yeah so adding more hostels to our chain so to achieve this we we're looking for a lot of existing projects we have on on, on our table in the future we, we will focus much more on takeovers of existing hotels because it's quicker even of course going this this road of conversion of office buildings as well and as it looks like we expect 2024 will be a great year for travel yeah so um, especially for budget travel for us our group bookings i mentioned before that for us it's a very important segment and here we have a long view in advance because groups starting to book now already for 2024 and we already have for 2024 we are 30% in plus in plus compared to same time last year yeah by group bookings Yeah, I think those group bookings are going to continue to get further and further out. You know, over the last couple of years, groups were very hesitant about saying, hey, let's do something a year from now because they didn't know what a year from now looked like, right? And it's a lot to plan those trips and then to tell everyone, hey, we're not doing this or we're changing last minute. So that travel window was very, very short with groups. Now we're getting more into a uh, normalized pattern where you'll continue to see those groups book further and further out. So it's important from a marketing side to certainly be prepared for that. Uh, But it sounds like a lot of exciting things that A&O, you guys are, are still positioned for growth adapting to the environment around us with inflation, certainly keeping those factors. So adaptation, I'm hearing a lot of, but certainly position yourself for growth. So congratulations again, Oliver, to you and your team. Any final thoughts before we wrap up today? If you allow, I would coming back once more to the environmental sustainability. Yeah, So maybe to to use this, even this, this podcast here to, to make a call to the peers. Yeah, So start with acting more sustainable. Yeah, Don't be afraid. Yeah, It will pay off multiple times. So the, the low-hanging fruit really saving costs yeah the employees will in the future they will demand actions like this and 
they will, what you pointed out before, yeah, they, they appreciate companies acting more climate friendly. And um, of course, in the end, the gas will demand more and more climate friendly or climate neutral projects. So we, we, we need the entire industry need uh, green travel offers. Yeah. So let's let's all start with this journey. I agree. I'm right there with you, Oliver. And we, we talk about all the time. You know, I make I make a parallel to um, social media and reputation. And I tell I tell hotels just start small. And I think it has a very easy parallel to what you're talking about there. Adding recycling initiative, things of that nature. The small things add up, and you can get your employees caught up in it. You can get your guests caught up in it, and it's a great way to obviously, if we want to talk dollars, marketing this stuff also cost efficiencies. But really, at the end of the day, it's got to take care of the environment and and there's a greater purpose to that so i think it's a win it's a win 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 for everyone there so really happy we landed on that last note to wrap up the episode but oliver i want to thank you for joining the sweet spot with us and being part of this tmg hospitality trailblazer series thanks ryan to give to give me this opportunity that was a great pleasure thank you very much thank you so much and thank you to listening for us we will talk to you next time on the sweet spot to join our loyalty program, be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Sweet Spot is produced by Travel Media Group. Our editor is Brandon Bell with cover art by Barry Gordon. I'm your host, Ryan Embry, and we hope you enjoyed your stay.